Good morning, everyone, and thank you all for joining us today. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. Our subject is man today, and we welcome you all. We'll begin with our morning prayer. From Addenda in Colatania, page 19 and 20, just small excerpts from there. You are the child of the loving God, surrounded and protected by infinite love. There is no hatred or evil to frighten you. You have no disease. You have nothing to fear. You are not in danger. You are entirely well and continually held in the presence of God. Abide in love. Nothing can touch or harm you in love. Know that you live in love. Love is God as life itself. Take this understanding with you and bless others with love. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful. Thank you. Before we go into the watching point, I just wanted to remind everyone, next Saturday, September 11th at 10 a.m. is the Bible study. There'll only be one a month this time, so we hope you all can join us next Saturday, 10 a.m. And the questions are already on the website. So, okay, Linda. And if I may say, uh, re read the entire book of Ephesians. Okay, thank and enjoy you. Enjoy it. Good. Sure. Now you all have you all have advanced warnings for these Bible studies that we can really get into it and study. Thank you very much, Tom. And Tom will be conducting them. Okay, Linda. Watch number one hundred and twenty-three. Watch lest in your desire to and effort to grow and improve yourself spiritually, you gauge your progress by comparing yourself with man instead of with God. When you compare yourself with man, you are in danger of becoming complacent and self-satisfied because you find so many that are so much worse than you are. When you compare yourself with God's perfect man, which is God's idea of you, you are in no danger of a premature satisfaction or a sense of lethargy. When you use God's idea of man as your standard of perfection, you will gradually expand the compass of your efforts to include all mankind and to see them as perfect ideas of God. Whereas, a long, excuse me, whereas as long as your basis of comparison is mortal man, your efforts will remain limited and personal, end quote. Okay, thank you. Okay, comments on that one? Well, when I first read it, it made me laugh when it said, you are in no danger of premature <laughs> satisfaction. So. <laughs> Plenty of work to do. Yeah, right. right. Funny employment. And this lesson this week is about man being God's image and likeness. And that gives us much to pray and think about and contemplate. It's a beautiful thought. As but we're learning all the time, learning yeah. to be all the time. Thank you. 
I think it was in one of your testimonies you said it, you know, not to take it lightly or but really think about it because we read about it all the time that we're the image and likeness of God, but that has such deep meaning, my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's right. Um, Gary's been reading the power of a right idea from Mrs. Wilcox, and and it just said the other day that, um, you, you know, about having it not be just words that you're the image like oh good yeah yeah not just words these are wonderful truths to take deeply within ourselves and think about it and if you do that you have no time to be comparing yourself with other people one way or the other because i mean the whole thing is so obnoxious if you think people are inferior to you or superior it's it's obnoxious we shouldn't go there that's disobeying the commandment um, and Sermon on the Mount. It's loving your neighbor as yourself. You shouldn't yeah. have time for such nonsense. Go ahead, Florence. No, as long as we are comparing, we are still in the mortal, in the material dream, really. Yeah, yeah and, and what is it that you're comparing? You're comparing limitations, <laughs> right? Yeah. Am I more or less limited in some capacity than somebody else? And what is sin against God? <laughs> if that. To limit yourself and others in that way. And, you know, a form of, were you going to say something? I'm sorry, I was going to mention it. And it says, all mankind, if we are progressing Let's see all mankind progressing. Yes. We're not going on, on our own, you know, just one person. We're bringing everyone with us. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yes. And, and we've learned here, too, even, it, you know, if you have someone saying, oh, you know, it's so wonderful. Your understanding is so wonderful. Um, you have to be very careful of all of that. And it can even go into malpractice because they're, well, they are. They might be secretly thinking, oh, you know, you're so much better than me, or why aren't I that way? All of that stuff. It's, it's ugly thinking. We're grateful for what other people do and contribute, extremely grateful. But keep it from comparing it to yourself in any way. It's not fair to them either. It's, no, it's, no, it's. You put them in a place that. And if you had any idea what someone had to go through to gain the understanding that they have, and keep it. You, you, you might not wish for it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. In, in, in science, in truth, everyone earns their place. It's earned. It's, you're promoted by God, only by God. No one seeks it. It's very... Another ugly trait is when you're ambitious and seeking places. Yeah, position that you, that you haven't, haven't earned. earned. Yeah. And it, it'll, it'll come to a downfall in some way or another. It's enough to keep on your own track. I can only imagine getting pushed ahead a few spots. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, you just wouldn't be ready to deal with what, right. what that entails. So. Yes. Yeah, just focus on what you have to do, your work. And that is certainly, we'll be getting more into that in the lesson. Now, before we do that, I, there are a few things I wanted to take up. One is our next um, 
liberator for actually September already. And um, the, the theme of it will be because our dear researchers have found so many wonderful articles on contagion, it will be only good is contagious. Then our November theme will be Christ and Christmas part two. And then in January, we will get into the 91st Psalm. If we need to have parts one and two, we will. So, um, so anyway, Carol gave me some of the articles on the theme section last night, and they were just wonderful and so comforting right now. I'm going to read selections from it. Um, so I don't know. I'm not going to say what article it is because I can't. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, every Wednesday evening, a chain of grateful testimony goes around the world from those who have been protected from belief in this counterfeit law through the understanding of the real law of God, good, which they have gained through the study of our textbook. And that false law is the, the belief of contagion. We must not acknowledge disease as a reality for ourselves or others. It is wiser not to discuss it or even name it. The nameless nothing. Remember to call it that. I'm saying that. Every one of us can help in freeing our brothers, for it is written, quote, One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one. A thousand shadows, excuse me, end quote. A thousand shadows can be dispelled at the shining of one ray of light. Every time we deny error and declare the truth, every time we meekly pray for the mind to be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, every time we destroy an ugly little nettle of hatred and plant a flower of love in our thought, we are helping to bring about universal salvation, helping to break the bondage for some brother, helping to prove through our understanding of spiritual law that good alone can be transmitted from one to another. Oh, that is beautiful. And I think that, oh yeah, that was No Contagion in Evil, Gertrude Sutton, from a 1917 Sentinel. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, and then, this is Mrs. Eddy. We've talked about this before. The First Church of Christ Scientist in Miscellany. Quote, at a time of contagious disease, Christian scientists endeavor to rise in consciousness to the true sense of the omnipotence of life, truth, and love. And this great fact in Christian science realized will stop a contagion, end quote. So, wonder what to do? Do that. <coughs> Excuse me, Ari doesn't like this at the moment. <laughs> so, anyway... Endeavor to rise to the consciousness of a true sense of the omnipotence of life, truth, and love. Just work on that. And you see, this work goes out to bless and heal all mankind and to get rid of this spurious belief. And then this is from The Spread of Disease by Alfred Farlow. This is the promise, quote, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, end quote. Many an individual, after careful study of a specific disease, has concluded with a well-developed well case of that disease. So, <coughs> excuse me, so what, if you keep your mind on God, you will have perfect peace. 
It's a simple biblical quote, but it must be obeyed. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed in, on thee. So that means don't Google, don't listen to these false reports that you hear all over on the news. Now, someone that was kind of interesting from last week's roundtable making comments on YouTube was saying, you know, they enjoyed sort of the first part of the roundtable, but then it took this turn. She didn't really say what but then later it turned out you know when i when i said you address era with the hell you say <laughs> and also talking about the media and maybe politicians well she thought i was attacking people i have to once again say we do not attack people it's either truth or error if someone is voicing error do you listen to it just because it's a person and you have to be nice to it <laughs> No, that makes no sense. It's an error. It's not, it's, error is neither person, place, or thing, Mrs. Eddy says. But if they're voicing the error at that moment, they're the, vo the mouthpiece for it. So, yes, you can say the hell you say to the error. And you should say it. Because you it is the loving thing to do for that person. As well as everybody else around who's listening to it. We must be warriors in this in this science. We cannot be nice to air when it's being voiced. Now, I will admit some people is are in great confusion, and we'll talk about this too about what truth is. We we've heard uh, my truth, right? I couldn't believe when I was hearing that this is my truth. Excuse me, <laughs> it's not my truth. There's one truth with a capital T. Now, this is what's causing all the confusion. And many people, I mean, if you like what's on the news and if you like what politicians are saying, my goodness, go ahead and listen to it. But you will suffer the consequences of that. Because if it's not truth with a capital T, it needs to be rebuked and not listened to. So I hope that person took this down that discussion on the on the YouTube comments. I hope she's listening. I think she thought somehow I or we were offended. Not at all. I'm glad if people have questions. Gives me a chance to explain a little further. So there was an excuse me. There was an instance in Mrs. Eddy's home when one of her very dedicated students came back to her when she was called and she was in tears and Mrs. Eddie said, oh dear, what's the matter? And she was weeping because she had been rebuked by Mrs. Eddie and she felt so bad about it. And Mrs. Eddie said, oh no dear, I was rebuking the era. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Always that. Go ahead. Hi, um, I know this, this amazing article about the impersonalization of evil. This is one of the main things I have learned with this study of Christian science that helps so much to um, always be knowing error is no person, place, or thing. And so we're not going against any person. We yep. are rebuking the error. Impersonalization of evil. Oh, what a wonderful thing. 
is, I think it's the name of the article. Oh, okay. um, but Thank you. And a, good you. and a good worker, when rebuked, will actually feel the love from the rebuker and will be grateful for the rebuke. It's only pride that prevents someone from feeling loved when they get rebuked. Well, a real rebuke is trying to point you towards that standard of God's perfect man, like the Daily Watch said. Exactly. So why would you be annoyed about that? Well, that that's right. <laughs> when I was new, I used to take rebukes personally. And then after a while, I realized, and when I'd get a rebuke, I'd say, thank God this person loved me enough to correct me. And that took my personal sense. Florence? No, exactly. It's the love. It says, take it with you. We, we have to love people knowing that they do not believe in the lie that they seem to be, you know, believing in. That is the love in the rebuke that really does comfort. Yes. And when, when you do see it impersonally, that it's either, it's either truth or an error, the error must be rebuked. It's not person ever. And, and the truth we rejoice in and magnify and emphasize and replace the error with the truth, which will stop confusion that's out here. There's no personal truth. There's no truth. And we find it in the Bible. And for us, we find it in the teachings and writings of Mary Baker Eddy. And then we've been greatly blessed by all these other early workers, mainly, who knew her and were taught by her. Now, this is something yeah. else um, from this next liberator. An Eastern fable says, a pilgrim met the plague one day and asked his destination. I'm going to Baghdad to kill 5,000 people, said he. In a short time, they met again, and the pilgrim said, you told me you were going to Baghdad to kill 5,000, and you have killed 50,000. No, replied the plague. I killed only 5,000, as I said I would, while 45,000 died from fright. So, <laughs> there you are. Fear, fear, fear is what kills. Negativity, hate, greed, the carnal mind is what seems to kill. That's all it can do, because all it can do is destroy itself. But that's yeah. all it is. There's you no... Know there's Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I saw a teacher from one of my friends and says, fear is the virus. Thank you. That's a good yeah. one. Yes, fear that is. is the virus. I was also going to share that one of the things that I say, if I have to point out some truth to someone that is telling the lie, I say on that great phrase, only a true friend will tell you this. And the other ones will talk behind you about whatever I'm telling you, you yourself. And that always really smooths, you know, what comes in to say, hey, you know what, this and that. But I found out that it's a great thing. People really always take it. Uh, only a true friend will tell you this. So Thank you. Sharing. Thank you very much. That's right. That's that's a true friend. And, you know, later in John, we're reading about 
Christ Jesus called his disciples friend, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Was no longer servant or whatever. It was friend. And that's a good definition, Ingrid, of a true friend. <clears throat> also in this new liberator, which of these are all spoiler alerts. <laughs> so, anyway, it, it talks about these, these, well, Carol, you tell us about this, these kids, these boys or whatever that volunteered. Yeah, there were 50 young men who, this was during the uh, Spanish flu in 1918 or something like that. And they uh, volunteered to catch the flu so that scientists could study the flu germ. And um, they they <clears throat> slept in the same room with people who had the flu. They were injected with flu. They uh, ate food that had been spoiled with with flu germs, and not one of them caught the flu. <laughs> the uh, answer was that they were not afraid. They were not afraid to catch it. They didn't fear it, so they didn't get it. Isn't that beautiful? What a wonderful article. Thank you for all you people who have been finding these wonderful articles for us. Who is it? Louise and Carrie and, and now Emma Jean. Yes, Emma Jean. She's, she did a wonderful job. <laughs> so, and, and others of you as well, but thank you. Where is this article? Maybe other uh, people's. It's going to be in September Liberator. It, this is it's a spoiler coming. alert. It's coming. It's not out yet. So, so oh, yes, yeah. I had to share it because it was so wonderful. So stay. T- no, no spoiler. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> stay tuned. Thank you. Yes. Now, this is something else I wanted to share with you. I actually was going to read it Wednesday, and for some reason, I I left it at home, but. Um, it's from one of our friends in Hawaii. She writes about, this is last week's roundtable, packed a mighty punch and shook me out of my stupor. What faith I have must be cornerstone to grow in courage and strength in the knowledge that I'm never out of the presence of God. He is the only power. I've been mesmerized, duped, distracted by evil, mortal mind, and this has to stop. It is not enough. It is not enough to get to the point of pacifying the old man. He must be kicked out of the house or he won't leave. That's why this place has changed hands. <laughs> My mother and grandmother only sought the loving aspects of Christian what of what Christian science had to offer. Little did they realize that complete domination and annihilation of error must accompany the spirit. This is the work and it is nonstop. I am so grateful for this bucket of cold water, which I attend to listen to all night and grateful for those who have walked before me and proven this with greatest gratitude to all the members of the Plainfield Christian Science Church. And then she took says again a few days later, I took the advice of the roundtable discussion this past Sunday and spent yesterday damning to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Every single symptom, false belief that came to mind I always thought aggressive responses were contrary to healing, but can you believe that by the end of the day of storming about vehemently (laughs) denying all erroneous claims that I felt so much better? (laughs) (laughs) Mary Baker Eddy says in key to the scriptures that we must annihilate error. Error, Error, and this is the word she uses. The word annihilate means to destroy, utterly obliterate. 
There is no obscurity in the definition, and it is certainly not kind. This was a point in, in Mrs. Evans' classes. She always liked us to look up these words, you know, like obliterate and, and all these words that were used in getting rid of error. And she would point out, this isn't gentle. Mrs. Eddy says we have to be a terror She's to terror. error. What, what confusion is there with that? Okay. Now, and then she goes on. I felt empowered that I could eliminate error to clear the way for God's work to be unfolded. It has built up my courage to fear not error and all its disguises, but to face them head on. I'm so grateful for all the instruction and insight I'm gaining from Plainfield and every single one of you choosing to stand courageously and unflinchingly in the eye of the storm. That's our kind of warrior. <laughs> That's right. Now, you do it for as much as you need to. And after a while, you'll find you you don't need to because Aaron knows you. I ain't playing with you. <laughs> I'm not kidding around here. And it'll it begins to back off. It recedes. Um, but you've got it. You've got to have this steel in you. We were taught here a steel where they won't approach because you if it does, you're going to blast the living daylights out of it. That's what it means to stand porter at the door of thought. We're not angry either. We just do it with, it's not a sense of anger, really. It's just a sense of dominion. Yes, thank you. Dominion, authority, power, and power, conviction. Thank you. All those words. And that's what it, to reflect God. Okay? Think about it. And honor him. And honor God, because you're honoring truth. You're honoring life. You're honoring divine love. You're honoring principle when you do that. And that's why it works. That's why it heals. Because it, is, it has all the power of the universe <clears throat> within it. Amen, amen. Yeah. You know, the point uh, before, for those people that have kid, uh, cats, this is the, kind of the same thing about error. Uh, like uh, the mice come around a place, but when you get a cat, it gets them out. But not only that, the, the mice don't come anymore because they know there's a cat. <laughs> right. You know, like the same thing, error. That Mary was saying is such a good point. And I know there's many people that have cats, so that's, that always reminds me of that, you know? Yes, yes. Well, well, this, this is it. And this is being a warrior for Christ and not, and as Gary said, honoring God, obeying the first commandment. When you're nice to Aaron, you sit and listen to it. You are dishonoring God. Yes, you are disobeying the first commandment. And that is why you're so miserable and confused. So once you start in this, you know, saying the hell you say or whatever else you want to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Um, you'll begin to feel a lot better and you clear the path. That's what it is. You're clearing the debris. Um, Carrie sent me this beautiful article about I am the vine, you are the branches and about the pruning process and that the pruning process, it clears up the debris. You're, you're taking off all the dead and withering branches. Suzanne wrote about that. Um, so that uh, things get much better. It's a pruning knife. 
The gardener, who at the approach of spring goes forth with a pruning knife in hand to put his shrubs, trees, and vines in order for the coming season, probably does not think of his task as a lesson in metaphysics, but the lesson is there for those who are alert to heed it. With practice eye, he notes the need of each shrub or vine, and in his skilled hands, the keen blade quickly, yet tenderly, does its work. The dead wood is cut away unsightly, branches are removed and trimmed into shapeliness. Steadily and unsparingly, the work goes on, and the pile of debris grows until every last bush and vine has felt the friendly touch. And all to what end? That the rose may bud and blossom in greater beauty, and the vine and fruit tree more abundantly in fulfillment of Jesus' words. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. That's the master of the family. Every branch in me beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So, and then it says, <clears throat> there is only one to whom we can surely turn with prayer, deliver us from evil, and that is God, ever the great deliverer of those who trust in him un unreservedly, having no other gods, no other helpers. And when we have thus cleared our own consciousness of all evil, every last vestige of wrong thinking, then joy and peace and hope and courage will take up their abode with us, and we shall fear no foe, either within or without. For we can declare with David, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Because where God is, there is neither place nor power for evil of any nature. It's just beautiful. And this is what it is to abide in the secret place of the Most High. And that pruning goes on continually if we see anything growing that shouldn't be there. And you do whatever it takes to get rid of it. But usually, oh, please go away. I don't like you. <laughs> hey, you know, you're bothering me. That doesn't work. <laughs> I've tried that. It doesn't work. And, and, and you're going to find stuff getting pruned the more useful you are to God. Yeah. The more dedicated you are to living the right life, the more you're going to get pruned. If you're not feeling that you're getting pruned, then look at what, look deep inside and ask yourself, are you really serious about, <laughs> you know, about knowing what life is all about and living a right life? Off the yeah. side, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what is that statement about Aaron not bothering dead ducks mm -hmm. or something? Or Oh, yeah. <laughs> shoot a dead dog or something <laughs> <laughs> a sleeping dog yeah yeah if you're sound asleep in materiality you know dreaming well you just dream on until usually then you do have it'll eventually come it will, a, a rude a rude awakening and then that's the cries at the midnight hour when you haven't been doing what you should and but if you're working really hard seriously with all your heart and you find obstacles coming up or stuff coming up, don't get discouraged. This is the pruning work that's going to make you even better. You work harder. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. In the last year or so, I, I ended up getting some plants at my house. 
and there were a couple leaves that didn't look quite right and I didn't know what to do. And I was going to ask Lil, because <laughs> she has some nice peace lilies here that always look so beautiful. And but I was gonna ask her, but I saw her just like rip one out of there, just really unapologetically. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and the plants looked really good. Lillian <laughs> <laughs> is amazing with her, you know, the way she can take care of plants, and and she prunes them and cares for them, and waters just the um, right amount, you know, not overflowing, always just the right. It's quite wonderful. She's the. It's quite a skill. Yeah, I've learned a lot from her. Plant yes. whisperer. Yeah, plant whisperer. So, okay, Lil, you can read the golden text on the subject man. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Thank you. And Carol, you can read what Carrie wrote. She wrote something very beautiful about that on the forum in keeping with the message of the lesson this week of dwelling together in unity i offer this picture from a 1924 sentinel article unity and cooperation by sally Poole lang the illustration of an orchestra with its many sweet toned instruments bringing out musical harmony is helpful each one realizes that he is responsible only for his own part in the work. He does not watch his neighbor, though he may be playing the same kind of instrument, nor does he suggest to his neighbor how he shall play. His whole thought and purpose is to gain a clear understanding of the music before him. In order to do this, he is obedient to the director of the orchestra, regardful of every movement of the baton so that no discord will be manifested as a result of his work. I am so grateful to be a part of this grand universal orchestra under the direction of our Father Mother God and the important role each one of us has in blending together to play his great symphony, his grand symphony. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That was beautiful. And that's truly what we strive to do here. All of you working in harmony, focusing on what you need to do, not watching somebody else and what they're doing, unless they need a little aid in some way. But otherwise, we, we keep doing what, what needs to be done. And, and, and that way, it does create a beautiful orchestra and symphony. As we hear week after week, people are grateful for all of you Every, they always say that. All of you, thank you for Plainfield, right? <laughs> they don't just say one person. They say everybody, all of you, all that you contribute. So. You know, the, the Bible, one of the translations of the Bible says that God orchestrates. You remind what you were saying reminded me of that. And it's so beautiful to think God is orchestrating everything in harmony. Thank you. That's beautiful. Oh, that's a wonderful way to look at it because God, you know, God is the only mind. So God knows everything. He knows what is needed. And when he directs each one of us, as long as we are all listening to him, it's really incredible how we work 
in harmony, everybody contributing what God gives to them. And uh, people have people who have come here and visited have come away remarking how remarkable it is at what gets accomplished in this church um, by seemingly so few people. But that's why every one of you is part of this church and every one of you is part of this orchestra and every one of you is contributing in some way. And it all comes to, and nobody's stepping on anybody else's toes. That's the other thing. No, nobody's rubbing elbows with anybody else. What each of you has to contribute is unique to you. So thank, thank you, and thank you for doing all that great work. In in ways, in the great, I have to say, in the great ways that are vain, it addresses that. It says. Why is there much dissension? Because this is they, sometimes I get it as we, because we do not practice in a strict accordance with the teachings of divine mind healing. If we did, there will be unity of action, being like the disciples of all, with one accord in one place. This is exactly what you are saying now in the great ways that are being it is so important this article is it's so small too it is like a capsule of power really you're right it's it's one we were given very often to work with always turning back to that if you don't know it see this is where everyone must take the time to learn these things and know it Thank you, Ingrid. And that quote you just gave us absolutely worked with it very often. And people who have said to us, oh, you know, you're not working in harmony with the organization. Well, they don't understand. We were excommunicated. And I have to keep saying that over and over because I keep getting that, you know, we, we were the renegades who turned away. No, no, we were excommunicated. OK, so we went on our own. True and happily so. Um, but we were forced to. Yeah, we were forced to. And, and we realized fairly soon afterwards that it was God doing it for us so that we could learn to be more receptive to him, be more obedient to him. And we were forced to be totally obedient to God. And it was the greatest blessing that could have happened to us. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we hold no ill towards anyone or anything. We are just so grateful to have such a clearer view of Mrs. Eddy's discovery. I mean, this revelation is mind-blowing. <laughs> this, is, this is incredible stuff that we have at our disposal here. Not to use it to its fullest would be a shame. It would be a crime. And, you know, God bless those who are still part of the organization in Boston. God bless them. I hope, I hope they all see the light. I hope they all do wonderful things. We should all do wonderful things. Because we all have one God, one mind. Any exploits. So, 
That's yes. all there can be, one God, one mind. And if we all listen to him, yeah, symph- hum- harmony, symphony. Right? And we can expect. And we will not be in unity with error. No, we will not. Mm-hmm. And That's people- why it we have to keep loving. And the loving is knowing there's only one mind and that everyone can have only one mind, the mind of Christ. It's, uh, Thank you. I'm pointing out the in ambush, the waiting in the ambush. I can't remember the quote. Oh, the foe in ambush? Yeah, the foe in ambush. That is what yeah. we have to do, and we have to do that. We have to. You know, it'd be easier not to. I know those. sometimes those roundtables rankle people a little bit when I'm pointing out the foe in ambush, but hey, um, that's our job. That's our job. And Mrs. Eddie says this many times, too. Uh, and that's, that's true love. The other just, oh, everything's wonderful. This is just great. And in the meantime, people are wondering what in the heck is going on. But she warned her students, didn't she? She told them, I had to handle animal magnetism for 40 years. I had to handle it. And now you must learn to handle it, too. Because, obviously, you know, error follows the truth, and it tries to mimic the truth. And it's going to follow the truth wherever, you know, <laughs> wherever, wherever it thinks it can. So it's going to be nipping at your heels. So stomp on it. And, well, and it's so important. Uh, in one of the biographies, it says that Mary Bikiretti talking about uh, her husband that had passed on. And and so important, she said that he didn't want to handle yes. unremagnetism, and that that's why. And that he she would tell him, and he just said, no, I don't need to, whatever, you know, I, I'm not quoting it. But just how important it is, even a person that was so close to her teachings, and still she herself said that that's what made him pass on, that he wouldn't handle on real magnetism yes. or animal and we've heard others say it too. They don't want to do it. We addressed that last week. It was a quote someone gave. Maybe it was in the forum about you. You have to. That, that she says that's a tough question, but you you've got to. And this is this is very important to the teachings because otherwise you are out like a cat without claws out in the woods and with no defense. You've got to learn, and then you learn it's nothingness. She has said. I uh, acknowledge your claims, but I denounce your power. Yes. It's only the belief of power that it has power. He says that Mrs. Eddie once was asked a class, 1887, she asked her class, and Ella Peck Sweet said that animal magnetism is a sum total of all error and that in itself nothing until you attach belief to it. And Mrs. Eddie clapped her hands yes. because of that definition. Yes. Those are, mm-hmm. It's attach belief to it. That's the whole key to it. 
and all that we destroy. These are all false beliefs, misconceptions. That's why they are powerless. But you have to see beyond the veil because, um, and then I, this gets to. That, that, um, that's why when it comes to a virus or a germ or some other so-called illness, the fear is the danger. The belief is the danger, not the organism. This era comes to you for life, and you give it all the life it has. Mary Baker Eddy. This is how you declare your freedom. But this is working the science. This isn't just blithely going through, well, I'm a Christian scientist, so everything is fine. And then you become a target. And that's foolish. If you're going to do that, you might as well get vaccinated or whatever else, because you, you, you just, it's foolishness. You've got to work this truth and know the power. Oh, Zary, wait a second. Okay, go ahead. Zary? Oh, I agree with you. We have to take up the cross. We have to, because otherwise it goes us. We have to also be wise about what is coming out. You know, this has been a great discussion today for us to see our, that we have to see as God sees, and that, of course, we have to uh, be like Jesus and to know that uh, only God is doing the work. We're not doing it, but we also have to be wise as serpents. So it means yes. we have to awake. Thank you. Absolutely. <clears throat> wise as serpents. Now, I like what Peter wrote on the forum, which I'm, I'm going to take some time to read because it's something facing all of us these days. The last few months I've been working on lifting myself above the constant discord of human debate. The following passage in this week's lesson in Ephesians, which we're all going to read this week for our Bible study, <laughs> by the way, quote, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, end quote. What a powerful statement this is. A divine repudiation of getting caught up in human theories and conspiracies. We are bombarded daily with negativity through social media and news. The hell you say. <laughs> designed to scare us and destabilize the world. And designed to make us take sides in a human argument that in fact has no reality. We're fighting about nothing. We're fighting about beliefs. <laughs> It's all belief, and we're fighting about it. It is animal magnetism suggesting another power other than God. As adherents to the truth, we cannot be tossed to and fro or carried about. Divine science, the Christ, is our steadfast anchor that keeps us firmly attached to the truth. The truth is there is only one mind. There is no room for human opinions. That was in the lesson, too. No... Human opinions. Human opinions are valueless. Mrs. Eddie talks about it. All these are human beliefs. That's why I don't get into any discussion anymore. Bow your heads. Heads down, shields up. It's pointless. We're just fighting about beliefs. Take the vaccine. Don't take the vaccine. Do this. Do that. This strain coming out. That strain coming. It's all human belief. It's going to all destroy itself. Let them duke it out and just stay out of it. Thank you, Peter. 
So, and thank then, you for bringing that. Thank you for bringing that. It is so much time wasted in arguing about this or that. And may I just, this is a perfect example. And just yesterday in the houseless homeless camp, two people were eating a great watermelon. Each one had half of it and were enjoying it. And they came to me and said, uh, sister, um, what do you think uh, is the classification about fruit and vegetable? Because he's saying that uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever thing is a vegetable, mm. a tomato, a fruit or a vegetable, you know, they started like that. And thank divine mind, I just said, you know, I don't get into all these classifications. I don't know. Uh, some people say tomato is vegetable, some fruit. I don't know. I just enjoy so much having a good tomato. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and that was the end of the discussion. They look at each other and, you know, oh, but, and, and still someone says, what about a squash? Is that a vegetable? Or a... I said, I don't know, but it tastes delicious. And yes. that would be Yes. Well, so much. And that was. I appreciate what he wrote because it is, it's, there's no use to argue these issues. It just is not, it's not to be done. That's because nobody ever yes, wins. No an one argument. ever wins an argument. That's true. Cool. But, but, but error taking the time for that time that we could use in actually writing exactly. a study, you know, thinking about something good, right? All you do is enlarge error. And that's why, you know, in the story of Nehemiah, where they wanted him to come down to the Valley of Uno and, and yeah. talk about things and discuss things and get everybody more confused than ever. And that's why to listen to these things on the news or from politicians or wherever the mouthpiece seems to be, you shouldn't do it. Stay to your truth. Commune with your father. Read the, the truth, our textbook, the Bible and other good writings from the early workers. So, And the other one from Mrs. Eddie, uh, Mrs. Evans, uh, is it uh, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still? So, yes. Yes. What, Thank you. I, that was in one of our early healing thoughts. Yes. Very good. That's right. You can't will a person to think what you want. So we just, <laughs> again, bow your heads in humility. <laughs> Stay with the truth with a capital T. And Patricia, she wrote some beautiful things, too. I just loved it about the citizens of the world, accept your glorious liberty of the children of God and be free. This is your divine right. Um, I guess she's here. Yeah, do you want to say anything, Patricia? Just. Hello. Yes. Hi. Um, well, I was just, as a Canadian, thinking how grateful I am that the United States, on their very exchange currency, holds the words, in God we trust. And, you know, I was thinking about what's the national anthem of Canada, and at least we have the word God appearing there. It says, God, keep our land glorious and free. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. But I was thinking, well, what must the universal anthem of the kingdom of God be? And I thought, still using the um, tune from our anthem, because I'm familiar with that, I thought, God keeps our consciousness glorious and free. O love divine, we stand on guard for thee. 
And I thought, well, you know, perhaps the scientific statement of being acts as a universal anthem. And then after I wrote that, I was thinking how the angel sang at the Savior's birth, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And Moses had a statement even more concise and in the brief, I am that I am. Very beautiful. Very Thank you. And I want you to, Patricia, I want you to put the scientific statement of being to music. And we'll sing it. Sing it. With that, I think. Anyway, um, yeah, all these beautiful things. There was many more. I told Gary I could go on for three hours today. Um, so I'm always grateful. But the bell has rung. Thank you all who contribute in so many ways. And Gary's going to end also on an article that Carrie wrote, which was found. very found. Excuse me, not wrote, found. <laughs> yeah. It was written, written, in, written in, in 1888, January <laughs> issue of the journal. So Carrie did not write it. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> Entitled Living Flesh. And it, and it starts with a quote from Ezekiel, where it says, quote, and they went everyone straight forward. Whither the spirit was to go, they went. And they turned not when they went, end quote. And the article says, and they turned not when they went. What a description of directness, of sincerity, of truthfulness, of straightforwardness. This is part of the prophet's description of the living creatures whom he saw in his vision. But how well it applies to men not to the Iscariots and Arnolds, but to good and true men who go straight to their work like an arrow from the bow. Such a man was Garrison. Such another man was John Brown. Such men were Judson, the missionary, Bishop Heber, Father Matthew, Dr. Hopkins. Such men have we among us today. I and women also. Having once embraced the cause, they obey the injunction of Jesus and never look back or turn back. An arrow never looks back. It is not a boomerang. It never returns to its course. But the arrow falls to the ground, whereas Ezekiel's living creatures never fell to the ground, but flew on and on, sailing like some strong albatross beneath the blue sky, in the blaze of sunlight. Give us such men and women, living creatures in Christian science. Such a woman is Mary B.G. Eddy. Such Christians she wants as followers, friends, and disciples. Art thou a scientist? Be firm, unswerving, undeviating, steadfast. Choose the path and walk in it. Nay, let it be a skyward path, and fly thou in it. Do not turn back. Do not turn to right or left. Fly straight toward the sun of your spiritual aim, eyeing it like the eagle in his plumed flight. Thought is as swift as a cannonball, yea, as the lightning. Let your thought fly upward with a mighty bound. Take then your sight and shoot toward it with the speed of God's mighty pinions. I'll put a girdle round the earth 
in 40 minutes, says Shakespeare's Puck, but the telegraph is quicker and swifter still is thought. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.